Welcome to the First Time Facilitator Podcast. Whether you're a first-time facilitator or a seasoned pro, listen in for tips and tricks to make a bigger impact at the next workshop you deliver. And now, your host, Leanne Hughes. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Leanne Hughes, and I'm here to help you design fast, deliver strong without the stress. Today's podcast is a riff of a conversation I had on my friend Sally Pross's podcast, which is called That Voice. And I thought it was such a helpful conversation. I thought I'd release it on First Time Facilitator as well. Now, in First Time Facilitator, we talk about workshops, we talk about conferences and meetings. And something quite niche relating to that is when you're in a meeting, when you're in a workshop and you're getting feedback, you're getting reflections, you're getting shares from people in your groups. But sometimes when you ask a question or you're with someone at a board table, their response might just go on and on and on. And sometimes in these situations, we just want someone or even ourselves to get to the point. And it's been something that I've been working on for the last few years as well, brevity and being breveloquent. Now, Sally and I are running a workshop on this topic. It's called Get to the Point. We're hosting it on the 16th of April in Brisbane. And so in today's episode, we're sharing some of the key concepts we'll be covering in this workshop, how we're going to co-facilitate together, what we're most looking forward to, and yeah, just taking you behind the scenes of what it takes to design and deliver a workshop with someone else. If you haven't heard of Sally Prosser, you can find her at sallyprosser.com.au. In the show notes for this one, I'll put a link to the workshop. But Sally's really here to help you fire up your voice so you can share your light with the world. She has a background in journalism, so TV reporting, being a company spokesperson and a speech and drama teacher. If you follow her on TikTok, I don't know how many people now, I would say over 350,000 people are following her on that platform. And I'm so thrilled to be working with her on this. As always, you can continue the conversation in our free group on Facebook. It's called The Flip Chart. We've got 2,400 facilitators on there sharing their favorite things about conferences and workshops and asking questions as well. And look, because this is all about getting to the point, let's go straight to the show. Enjoy. Leanne Hughes, welcome back to the podcast. It's so great to have you here. Sally Prosser, it's always a delight. I love our podcast conversations. I love our walk and talks as well. Yes, and it was on one of our walk and talks when we said, hang on, why don't we get together and do an event? Because people are really struggling to get to the point. This has come up so many times, and I think um, often we talk about scratching our own itch. I think it came up when I was working with Alan Weiss and I was asking a question, and he's like, Leanne, Leanne, he's like, get to the point, <laughs> ask your question. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize that I was that person uh, that sort of provided lots of context and lots of details. So that's where it came up for me. Have you been sort of hearing similar things with the clients that you work with? Oh, absolutely. It's one of the key things that people ask is saying, I want to be able to get what's in my brain out of my mouth in a coherent fashion. <laughs> People's attention spans are getting shorter and shorter. And we're really wanting that economy of words people getting to what the value is straight away. I think we're less patient to listen to the long-winded version of it. I know even when I'm out for lunch or, you know, catching up with my, my family, I'm like, come on, come on, get to the point. I'm constantly saying it as well, like not, not saying it to someone, but in my mind, I'm like, what is the point here? Like, where, where are you going with this? And I think, you know, I am a person where as I'm talking, that's when I'm getting my ideas, like my mm. ideas come out through conversations. Yeah, they so say women especially have that trait. Yeah, mm. yeah. So it's just taking that pause and thinking like what's the actual point here? And uh, another great line is often we tend to walk around the block to get next door. And I think <laughs> with the workshop that we're running is how do we just get next door? Like how do we just jump the fence, yeah. right, as opposed to going the long way? 
Absolutely. So with my experience in voice and speaking and your insane experience in facilitating so many groups in so many different places, how are we going to help people get to the point? Because I'm sure people are listening going, yeah, like I want to get to the point, but I have no idea how to just get next door. Just yeah, how to just dump that fence. I think it's giving permission to do it. I th- I've certainly been in businesses where we always talk about, you know, the why. Everyone's like, oh, you need to talk about the purpose and the why it's been drilled into us. So before every decision, before any time we say anything, it's like stating that up front. But maybe it's kind of getting rid of some of the assumptions and when when to provide the context when you don't need to do that. I also think it's kind of deeper than it is just about the technique of, of getting to the point. One of my favorite quotes from Jim Rohn, he says, we tend to make up in words what we lack in confidence. Ooh. And so we over justify, we over explain. It's sitting in that comfort of it's okay. Brevity, breveloquence, which is a cool word we can riff on. As you're navigating leadership in 2024 and beyond, it's really that, you know, how do you create that tweet for what you're about to say? Yeah. And it begins, I love that you said that with that inner confidence that I don't need to keep talking to justify myself have that breveloquence. Now that you've raised it, I think we should talk about it. Where did this word come from? Again, I keep talking about Alan Wise, but he's been a big impact on my life. So for those that listeners that don't know him, he wrote a book, well, he's written 60 books. One was called Million Dollar Consulting. I had him on my podcast and he said a few things using breveloquence, um, Sally. So the interview stood out because he basically, I'd ask a question, he'd answer it beautifully, succinctly in a couple of sentences. He was punching the messaging through the economy of words. And he created the, the word breveloquent, which is a portmanteau, um, which, which is like when you combine two different words, combines breveloquence, so the ability, uh, so brevity, the ability to be brief with eloquence to land your message in a really beautiful way. I've really listened to that interview. I've heard him many times. He uses different mediums like metaphors, analogies to really nail it as opposed to having to over explain something as it is. And I think that really adds to the weight of it. But that's where I first heard Reveloquence and I shared it with you. And I remember your eyes lighting up as I said that. Oh, I love it. Because isn't that one of the most beautiful compliments we can get to say, aren't they an eloquent speaker? I had a friend of mine, actually, he's doing a speech in Japan. So he's bilingual, speaks Japanese and English. Steve, his strength is writing. And he sent me the opening of a speech and I was like, this is brilliant. And it's because the way that he is able to write so eloquently, if you can write that beautifully and explain things with words, it, it absolutely transfers over to the speaking experience. And I think, Sally, where I'm going with this, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it. I've, a lot of people are now using tools like chat GPT and AI to improve the copy. But I really think my skill this year, the superpower I really want to build is the ability to, to write eloquently. Because that requires real deep, you know, critical thinking, thoughts on the vocabulary and the words. And I think that is a superpower as well when it comes to what we're about to share and get to the point. How do you craft that message in your in your own mind and, and deliver that and write it in a way that is succinct? And use information that ChatGPT doesn't have. So something I hear from a lot of people is, well, because I'm a big proponent of storytelling, and we'll speak about this in the workshop, the power of storytelling. And I have some people that say, well, Sal, no, I don't want to faff around with a story. I just want to be facts and data, just to get to the point. Whereas actually telling a story will help you get to the point faster than just listing the facts and the data. And the story that we hold and is the most powerful is our own personal one, which AI and a lot of those other tools don't have. 
So if you think about our voice being like a beautiful channel, kind of like a garden hose in a way, and we just add all of these kinks in. And sometimes the kinks are physical, like it's a physical tension. Other times the kinks are, oh, I don't know if I should say that, or is anyone listening? It's all those doubts or that lack of confidence. And then when the words do come out, I feel like the opposite of breveloquence is verbal diarrhea, right? So we get that verbal diarrhea, like that explosion. When you think about when a pipe first gets cleared, it just comes gushing out at the tap with the dirty water. So if we can remove some of those kinks, which is what we'll be doing in the workshop, then you'll be able to let your true magic flow through you in a better way than anything that ChatGPT can create. I love that analogy of the garden hose. Yeah, that's a beautiful one, Sal. And I think that when you mentioned storytelling and the resistance to that by technical people or by really anyone is because of our assumption of what a story is. Like we think a story is you're sitting in a pub and someone lets loose with this 20 minute story and it's really funny. And it's like stories can be as, you know, one or two sentences that don't have to be this epic sort of fable and you don't have to be a stand up comedian either. So kind of challenging the assumption of what a story is. Absolutely. Uh, There's a poetry type called a haiku which is just extremely short. And that's a great way. Also a limerick. They're really great examples of how you can tell a story in very few words. I do an exercise sometimes at the end of workshops and it's like write a haiku that pulls out your key reflection from what we just discussed as a group. Oh, we might do that in the workshop. We should do that. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great idea. (laughs) Yeah. I would add also questions. Like, so a lot of people give all this information without actually finding out from the people they're presenting to, like how much they understand already about the topic. And that's where relevance is important. So going, hey, what do you know about this? Or from a one to 10 scale, how would you rate yourself in terms of this topic and your ability to understand what we're about to discuss? Sometimes we kind of assume our group don't know as much as they do. What I tend to do now and how I've sort of shifted over the last few years is saying, the people that I'm working with are actually intelligent people and I want to create an environment they feel safe. They'll ask a question if they don't feel like they understand. Making sure the information that you're sharing or presenting is landing for them where it needs to go as opposed to where you might assume it might be. Absolutely. And it's about that relationship with the question. It's similar to the relationship with the pause, right? So the pause is silence really is golden, but people think, oh gosh, if I take too long of a pause, then they'll think that I don't know what I'm talking about. The facts are the more you pause, the more you can hold attention. In the same way, people think if I ask too many questions, then they'll think I haven't done my research properly or that I don't know what I'm supposed to know. Whereas it's the opposite. If you ask questions, I was a journalist for many years. My whole entire job was asking good questions. I love that. And when I first started my podcast, Sally, I did endless research on my guests and I listened to them on other shows. But then when I heard them tell a story and I might have heard it somewhere else, I did not lean into that natural curiosity, right? Because it wasn't a surprise to me. Uh, We talk about lazy facilitation uh, sometimes in terms of like letting the group sort of pick up the work. And I think, you know, lazy hosting, but even being a lazy speaker can help you get to the point (laughs) by using those questions and just creating a space where it is safe for people to speak up when they require like more information as well. Yeah, 100%. They say in job interviews and things like that, uh, the less speaking you do, the better. Yeah. Well, have you ever been in a meeting? I've been in meetings or I've observed executives where, you know, maybe three or four people are at the table and there's a bit of banter and it's sort of stacked to those people that are the extroverts and are talking. And then at the end of, end of a meeting, 
I remember seeing a CEO, he was quiet the entire time, back to your point. And then he summarized what had emerged and what he thought in a couple of sentences. And the room just was like in awe of that, the ability to be able to just sit back, see what's going on and then get to the point. It was masterful. Yeah. So as uh, you might've heard, I do a lot of silent retreats. So I've done weekend silent retreats and I recently did one that was 10 days. After 10 days of silence, what are those first words that you choose to say? So with the 10 day one, it really just was me breaking down in tears. <laughs> we'll build up <laughs> the days. But at one of the three day ones, we break the silence, break the noble silence, sitting around in a group, and it goes around to each person. Now, normally in those situations, I'm very comfortable. I'm like, yes, I teach this sort of thing. That was one of the most difficult speaking scenarios I had ever been in because having not spoken for two or three days, there was so much more writing on what those first words were that I was going to say. You start thinking, if you actually had an economy of words like money, if you had two words to say per day, what would they be and to who would they be? If you had five, what would they be and to who would they be? And putting that value on words as though it was currency, because our communication, our speaking really is currency, then we start to go, wow, well, where are we being wasteful? This reminds me of what I'm currently doing on LinkedIn, trying to do on LinkedIn. And I think there's there's the applicability of this workshop is not only for verbally speaking, it's for writing as well. Uh, you would know this, Sally, that uh, this is the framework ADA when you write like a, any type of marketing, collateral, attention, interest, desire, and action. And so the first one is attention. And so in the first sentence of any sort of social media post, the hook, right? How do you grab that? That's what we want really want to land with those that come along to the workshop is how do you get that attention using the least number of words? Like that's the sort of guiding question around all of this. Mm. And we'll be sharing lots of frameworks in the workshop. I'll let you in on another one that I really like. And it's this idea of taking the baton and passing the baton back. So often when we're in group communication settings, it becomes like these little monologues. <laughs> and everyone's just thinking about what they're going to say rather than tuning into the conversation and it becomes quite separate. So I say the first line should often be taking from that person, even if it's, you know, great point, Leanne, or to build on what you were saying, you know, and straight away you've got the attention of that person, but as well everyone sitting around. And the next thing you do is you set your own rules. And this is a really great way to not go off on tangents. The main reason we do is because we don't know where we're going. We just start talking and talking and talking. Whereas if we have a statement that sets the rules, including a number. So I work with clients on this technique, which we'll go through in the workshop as well, around, well, there's two ways we could go with this, or there's three main points, or there's one key story that comes to mind. So if you've set an actual number and one, two, or three is good, if you're getting above three, it's a bit hard for yourself to remember. And then the next part of it is just obeying those rules that you've set for yourself. So if you have said it's one key story, then share the one key story. Don't be like, oh, and another thing, and another thing. This is also good for podcasts, right? Um, And then you hand the baton back. So it could be going back to the host, it could be going back to the group, it could be going back to the um, facilitator. 
And it's a really great way to take control of the whole process of you speaking in a meeting rather than someone interrupting or you digging yourself a grave that you don't know how to get out of. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the container. And sometimes I, I tend to have a, a bias towards the number three. So even if I have two points in my mind, I'm just like, there's three points and I know that a third one will <laughs> yeah. hopefully will hopefully emerge as I'm talking. What I love about accepting the baton, what you just said, Sally, is that just also gives you time to then think about what you're about to say next. It's like that, okay, I know this is my opening line, that I can sit with that. Meanwhile, I'll, I'll plan what's what's to come. On this workshop, we're talking about the content, but I'm also excited to facilitate with you. Like it's just to see how we work together. Oh, Leanne, I'm so excited. So we've been friends for quite a while. Um, our businesses have grown in very different but similar ways. We both have a real passion for travel and I think that it's great to go to an event when there's co-presenters who are genuinely friends. And that's what you'll get at this workshop. We did come to this idea on a walk by the river and it's going to be great to hang out. I feel like I, every time I speak to you, Leanne, I learn so much and I go back so much more inspired to do something in my business and do something different. Me too. And it's like, I never know where this is going to go or what we'll talk about. I call you like a friend tour. And I think because we attack things from different angles, like you said, very similar businesses, but doing different things different styles and ways of delivering that as well. And I think that's the value is that we're not the same, same. We'll bring in different perspectives, examples based on, you know, clients we've worked with and our, I guess, philosophy around this as well. Absolutely. So is there anything else that people should get ready for with this session? Get ready to have a blast. I would say if we can create like a fun learning environment, the learning will be a lot easier. I think we both attract really amazing people and great communities. So I want you to know that, the people that will be there are also going to be a, a big part of the attraction um, of this event. And of course, everything we do is interactive. We'll make you do the work as well. You know, we definitely want you to get a little bit uncomfortable and practice. Yeah, it's just going to be a total blast and can't wait to meet you all there. Yeah, amazing. Okay, so the workshop is called Get to the Point. It is going to be somewhere in Brisbane. Also, Early Bird will be closing very soon, so keep an eye on the show notes and also our socials on that. If you're feeling like, oh, I don't know if this is for me because I don't do a lot of speaking or, you know, I'm going okay, I would say most people that come into my world, and I think it's the same for you as well, are not like professional speakers. They're everyday people who need to communicate with breveloquence in their everyday lives and careers, I'm a big believer in walking the walk, which most people do. That's the baseline, being good at what you do. You also need to talk the talk, which is being able to communicate that clearly. I think that's a beautiful way to end it. That's a great sort of tagline as well, Sally. You really got to the point beautifully there. It's oh. <laughs> a great example of it. Amazing. Leanne, thank you so much for coming on That Voice podcast, and I look forward to April 16. Can't wait. See you in the Brits Vegas. Thanks, Sal. 